year of impact. And I want to share with you this morning uh, part three of that series, believing that each one of us in this year, 2018, uh, our lives will be lives of impact. And um, so that's, that's good. In fact, before I forget... Um, Sometimes I wonder if I have a brain of a... Men think in boxes, right? Women, they call... They, different people have written, say, women have a spaghetti brain. It goes here, it goes here, it goes here. They can think of things like a rapid-firing, you know, um, gun, whatever. They just... And sometimes I think I'm getting to be like that. I'm a little scared about it. Anyway, here's the thought. Um, this summer... Um, again, we're gearing up for VBS, and um, if you'd like to be involved in VBS, we generally do a couple weeks, uh, one week in July, one week in August, and we need to firm those dates up because I'm already getting emails from parents wanting to know when those are, and I would, I would really love to meet with all those who have been involved, want to be involved, are thinking of being involved in VBS um, after the service. If I could meet with you, um, I mean, just here at the front is fine. It's just going to be an informal, uh, I want to get some feedback from you on a couple of thoughts. So that would be great if we could just meet um, maybe 10 or 15 minutes after the service concludes, give you time to have a coffee, visit with some people, whatever. And then if we could just meet here for just a few minutes, I want to uh, just bounce some things off you. Secondly, um, Where'd he go? Um, Brady. Probably I'll get in the coffee. Oh, right there, right in front of me. Brady is going to um, look after unloading Easter eggs out of my pickup. We have um, 240 bags of Easter eggs for our Easter egg hunt. Community Association is already wanting no details. And um, how many of you have helped us in previous years at the Easter egg hunt? A number of you. Now, normally, we have done this thing on uh, the weekend of, of Easter, on uh, Saturday, there's Good Friday, and then Saturday, and then uh, Passover Sunday. We've done it on Saturday. We have the permit already for the same place we always do it up by the Royal Oak School. We've done it in the morning, um, I don't know, 9 or 10 o'clock or something. And it's been quite cool, trust me. Tim Hortons comes with coffee, and people consume coffee and hot chocolate like it's not no tomorrow. I mean, there's a lot of it. My thoughts are wondering whether or not we would be better served to go after lunch. Um, might be a little warmer. The sun has come out and warmed up the air a little bit, made it a little more conducive to interaction and visiting and getting to know some people. How many think, whether you're involved or not, that's a good idea? Afternoon? How many think it's not a good idea? Afternoon wins. I love democracy. Um, so, do we need more helpers for Pastor Roger and Megan's meals? You do, Lena? If you want to help providing them a meal? Um, and you see Lena afterwards, as last week. Um, and I'm sure they would appreciate it. And um, they would be excited at what great cooks you are. 
Um, now, so just check with Lena. And then pretty soon it's going to be um, Jason and Andrea's turn. Aren't you looking forward to getting some meals delivered? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're fasting now, so you can do it right over. And so um, it's just something that we'd like to provide for those who are um, just, I don't know, just not just, just expect, but just received and delivered into their hands their new birth. I think that will probably be an incentive for some of the rest of you to get pregnant. You'll get some meals provided. Um, maybe not some of us who are Abraham's age, but anyway, um, whatever. So that, I don't know what that... Well, I guess that's a bit of generosity uh, there, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning, um, the impact of generosity. A couple of weeks ago, we began this series, and by looking at the impact of belief... And your belief can have an impact, and we said we need to base our beliefs on God's unchanging word. And our challenge that Sunday was to ask you to join us in reading through the Bible in one year. And if you missed out on that, there's some resources available on the back table, and you can avail yourself of those. Last week we looked at the impact of compassion, and your compassion can have an impact. And so we, we challenged you to bring your excess coats that you no longer need or you want to donate and participate in this coat drive and help those who are less fortunate in our city through our compassion. Today I want us to look at how we can have impact through generosity. And so we're going to look at the impact of generosity. How God can use our generosity to make a difference. And when we live generous lives, when we give of our lives to God and to others, that kind of life does make a difference. It makes an impact. It leaves a mark. And that kind of life is the life that God will bless. Sometimes we just don't realize the kind of impact that we can have when we're generous with our lives. Throughout history, there have been people who were generous with what God had given them. And because of their generosity, their willingness to share their lives with others, they've had a huge impact on the world. I want to share with you a few of these individuals and um, there's so many examples, but just recently in the United States of America, they had uh, um, remembering the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He gave his life. He was generous with his life. He actually gave his life in pursuit of civil rights, in pursuit of equality for people. And because of his life and because of his generosity, his legacy is still making an impact today. How about this next person? You may not think this next person was really that, can you lump him in the category of generosity, but let's think for a moment of Albert Einstein. You don't normally equate Einstein with generosity, perhaps, but if you think about it, he was generous with his intellect in such a way, he changed the way that we view the physical world. His intellect, his generosity that he had with that is still impacting our view of science today. What about this other one? Mother Teresa. The compassion and generosity she had gave her life to serving the least of these in some really difficult situations. And her legacy has inspired another generation to be generous and to serve the least of these as well. Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of generosity. He gave his life on the cross that you and I, not only could we have real life here and now, but we could have eternal life forever in heaven. 
But there's one other. If you live a generous life, if you live a generous life, you can make an impact. God will use you to have as big of an impact as these other individuals. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you know, Pastor, I'm not Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm certainly no Einstein. I'm not Mother Teresa. And there's no way that I'm Jesus. You know what? You're right. We're none of those. None. But let me tell you who you are. Just in case you have forgotten. You are someone God specifically created to make a difference. You are. Someone that God has blessed with talent and skills and passion and resources to share with others. And you were specifically created by God to make an impact. Regardless of what people may have said or put into your mind, whatever negative thing they've said, if you will be generous with your life, and if you will trust God, as we heard prior to our offering this morning, if you will allow him to use you, he will use you to make an impact with your life. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, there's only one chapter, so verse 6. Actually, a letter the Apostle Paul was writing to this guy by the name of Philemon. Look what he says about generosity, because he's really saying, you're you're generous because of your faith. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a person of faith, you can't help but be generous. Generosity should be flowing out of you. Your faith demands that you live a generous life. He says, you're generous because of your faith. And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. He's saying... Your faith in Jesus, it's that that motivates you to be generous. And the last part of that verse is is pretty cool. He says, when you put your generosity to work, your faith is going to grow, is what he's saying. You grow closer to God, you know Jesus more, and maybe right now, as we've started off this new year, maybe you feel stuck in your faith. Maybe it's been a while since you felt like you've grown spiritually. Maybe right now, you feel stagnant in your Christian life. If you really want to shake up your life, if you really want to ignite your faith, stop just looking at what you can get and begin looking at what you can give. Embrace a generous life. Experience Jesus in a way that maybe you never have before. Watch your faith begin to grow. Watch your passion for life come alive. That's the power of generosity. I want to introduce you to a principle. I want you to remember this so I... There in your notes, you can see it. It's the principle of stewardship. The principle of stewardship says that every good thing that you have in life, whether it's your gifts or your talents, your money, your relationship, your career, your job, whatever you have, every good thing in your life, you don't have it accidentally. It was given to us by God. It was a gift from God. But here's the thing. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. He has loaned it to you to steward it. You don't own it. God does. He's loaned it. 
And it's his desire that you use your blessings not just to make your life better, but to make others' lives better as well. That you live a generous life and you would use what he's entrusted you to bless others. Years ago, we did a study done by um, Robert. What was his last name? Oh, yes. And he did this, and he's written this book called The Blessed Life. It's a great book to get a hold of and read it. It's just, it's a, it's a wonderful book on stewarding the things that God has given you. But God wants us to live a blessed life, and we, in order to do that, we have to be involved in making other people's lives blessed as well. In fact, we didn't, I don't think we had the time shaking hands this morning, but we're not going to shake hands, but I want you to tell someone next to you. Well, you just, you know, maybe you're a little nervous to do this. You can whisper it. You can mouth it. You can say it out loud. You can shout it. I don't know. care what you do with it. But um, why don't you just tell someone next to you, you're blessed to be a blessing. No smooching, Kevin. You're blessed to be a blessing. And we are. We're blessed to be a blessing. And this, that's the principle of stewardship. We're blessed to be a blessing, and when we do that, when we live generous lives, God blesses us in a big way. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous prosper, they're blessed by God, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. How cool is that? How do I make an impact to my generosity? Well, three important things that we're going to look at this morning, and And here's the first. To make an impact, I generously use my time in a God-honoring way. I generously use my time in a God-honoring way. Time is our precious commodity. Time truly is an unrenewable resource. When your time is gone, it's gone. You can't get it back. You can't Go back in time, as much as sometimes we want to go ahead in time, or back in time, whatever. There's only one today, and when today is gone, it's spent. You can't go back and redo things. That means that your time is irreplaceable. It means that we need to protect our time. Our time is our life. As your time disappears, so does your life. Your time is your life. Now, I remember when I was younger, even the age of uh, some of these young folks on the worship team this morning, I never thought of my time much. One day after another, you know, you just, case sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be, and life was fun, it was good. And um, never really was even challenged to consider my time and what was I doing with my time? Yeah, I went to school and went to college and I worked and made some money. Generally spent more than I made. Anybody? No, no. But our time is so important. If time really is our most precious commodity, have you ever thought about actually how you invest your time? Have you thought about where your time is going? I did an exercise a number of years ago, and I had right down to sort of every half hour of my day. And I would jot down things I did every half hour and what I did. Some days was encouraging, some days was downright discouraging. 
where you spend your time. You know that the average life expectancy in Canada in 2015, I couldn't find any more recent ones than that, in Canada is 82.14 years. Be thankful you live in Canada because in the USA, it's 78.74 years. So if you live in Canada, the average life expectancy is longer than you live in the United States. Isn't that cool? I don't know if they shoot them earlier down there or what. I don't know what happens. But your life Now, in Japan, it's even longer than that. In Japan, it's like 84 point something years. Now, don't everybody move to Japan, but the average life expectancy is longer there. Our average life is over 82 years. Think about where that time goes in that 82 years. I did some research. Now, look at this. You're going to spend 25 years of your life sleeping. Now, some of you are spending a lot longer than that. Some less, but average, 25 years. You're going to be at work for 11 years of your life. Probably if you retire at age 65. You're going to watch TV for 10 years of your life. In fact, they say you're going to go to the washroom one and a half years of your life. Ladies, you're going to spend one year just deciding what to wear. Listen, our time gets eaten up so quickly when you look at our life. So quick. Now let's narrow it down. Let's focus on a day. How do you spend the time? How do you invest the time in one day? Look at how we do this. We spend almost three hours a day, average, watching television. We spend 108 minutes a day on social media. That's two hours. We spend less than 20 minutes a day, parents, focused on our children. We all spend less than 18 minutes a day doing exercise and less than 7 minutes a day in prayer and study of God's word. Averaging. Let me just ask you. Are you making the best of your time? Are you making the most of every day? Are we being generous with our time in a way that honors God and blesses others and has the greatest impact for him? Psalm 90 verse 12 reminds us how we use our time as a spiritual matter. Teach us to number our days so we may gain a heart of wisdom. I wonder if we'd be willing to pray a prayer something like this and say, God, my time is your time. Teach me how to make the most of my time. Scripture says we're to redeem the time because the days are evil. Are we willing to pray, Lord, as I look at my calendar today, I want to use my time the way that you want me to use my time. I want to have the greatest possible impact for you. And if we begin to pray that prayer, I can guarantee our priorities are going to change if we respond to God's prompting. We're going to begin to see our time as God's time. Time is a gift that God has given me and you. It's a gift. We're going to want to make the most of it. You know what? You're going to bring God into every hour of your life, into your work life, your eating life. Now, there's a good place for most of us to bring God. What we consume, seeing as our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, I don't think God is necessarily against junk food, but what's the best for us? And I squirm when I say that. 
There's some things. Do you know what I really enjoy? And I have had to stay away from it. Have you ever been to Market Mall? And you walk in the entrance on the back side of the mall by the drugstore. And I think it used to be called Radio Shack, now it's Source. And you go up that first thing and you walk past this place and this aroma hits you. Anybody know what that aroma is? Cinnabon. That's not spelled S-I-N, but it should be. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me as I walk past. I know none of you have that problem, but every once in a while it's good to confess that I, I have some temptations. And I want to tell you, though, report that I'm doing pretty well at walking past there. It's, 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 it's working. I know they've got to make a living, but they're not going to make it off of me anyway. So it's, it's important for us to understand that every minute counts. Everything. And God wants us to make the best use of our time if we want to make a maximum impact for God. I want to challenge us with that. God, what is the best use of my time today? Because it's a great question to begin every day with. God, what's the best use of my time? You know what that means? If we ask the question, it means we're going to have to say no to some good things in life in order to say yes to some best things in life. You're going to have to say no. And some things you're going to have to say yes to. In other words, you're going to have to say no to spending 15 minutes on Facebook in the morning so you can take 15 minutes and read Scripture and take the Bible challenge we gave you in week one. Spend that time reading the Bible or praying in the morning. Join us in reading through the Bible in a year. means you're going to have to say no sometimes to staying out late on a Saturday night so you can come home and, and be at home and come Sunday a little bit early so you can join us at pre-service prayer and serve and make a difference. There was 22 plus the sound guy, 23 here this morning for pre-service prayer. I told them this is the most important part of Sunday morning. As we stood here and prayed, and they were praying for you. They were praying for you. That as you came, that God would speak to your heart and you would sense God's love and compassion. I want to tell you, I want to encourage you to be here Sunday morning, 9.30, and the worship team's going to endeavor to be here at 8.30. All the practicing is done so we can begin praying at 9.30. Most important part of our Sunday morning which you may have to say no to something Saturday night because you want to be at your best Sunday morning when you're, you're greeting or teaching Sunday school or be at your best when you're here to worship a God who loves you over the top. Would it be a difficult challenge to say that we want to give him our best Sunday morning? And please, if you come in for pre-service prayer at a quarter to ten, no one's condemning you. No one's looking at you and saying, hey, worship practice goes a little longer. We just pray here and listen to the great music, whoever is on the worship team. It's a great atmosphere. Great atmosphere. 
sometimes have to say no to some things to say yes. And if God is speaking to you about being here early for prayer, I challenge you to obey. God, my time is your time. Teach me how to make the most of my time. God, what's the best use of my time today? This afternoon, what's the best use of my time? We were raised as kids, maybe some of you were raised, if you've been in church all your life, we were raised as kids, the best use of our time Sunday afternoon was when we used to get a Sunday school paper given to us and you had a nap. How many were raised in that era? Anybody? Oh, so few of us. I'm not sure when the last time was I had a nap on Sunday afternoon, but maybe sometimes that's the best thing you can do. And I, I've told people sometimes the more spiritual thing you can do is go have a nap. Just go have a nap. Now, sometimes I know some of you Sunday morning, you didn't come here, you went to bedside chapel. I know. Hey, don't let that you know, condemn you or judge you for that. You can go online, listen to the message, but it's really good to have you here. What's the best use of my time? Join us in reading through Scripture. Time committed to God where we honor Him is never, never wasted. Maybe it's going to mean saying no to some evening event during the week so that you can instead attend a life group or, as we're going to see soon, other life groups within homes, etc. Maybe it's one night a week you're going to have to give up some kind of event so you can join with your brothers or sisters in Christ to study the word and be challenged and, and grow together. What is God saying to you? 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is useless. Now why should I be happy when doing what God wants me to do? He says, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing. You know what nothing means? Nothing is useless. Nothing. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Every day of your life, you get 24 hours, you get 1,440 minutes, you get 86,400 seconds. We all have the same amount of time every day. We all have the same potential, and the big question becomes, how do I use those seconds, those minutes, and those hours to have the greatest impact? God, what is the best use of my time? I don't want to waste my life. When you give God your time, when you're generous with your time, God's going to be faithful to multiply your impact. He's going to bless your time in a big way. To make an impact with my my generosity, I use my time in God-honoring ways. Secondly, to make an impact with generosity, I generously use my talent in a God-honoring way. Now look, God is generous. When he created you, he gave you talent, he gave you gifts, he gave you strengths. Think about all the talent that you have For just a moment. What is it that you're really good at? What is it in life that you really enjoy doing? What is it? What are you really passionate about? What is it when you're doing it, other people come up to you and say, Hey, you know what? You're really good at that. You ought to do this more often. What are your talents and your strengths? For some of you, it could be in the area of leadership. 
You're a good leader. For some of you, it can be organizing or administration. Some of you have the gift of encouragement or counseling. Some of you, like those we saw on the worship team and week after week we see up here, they're gifted musicians or vocalists. For some of you, you're really good at making people feel welcome and loved, no matter where you are. In fact, talking this uh, last week or so um, with Bernie and... um, Don will be helping him, so we're going to work out this whole thing. I don't want to call this a welcome team or whatever, so that when people come in the doors from the parking lot, I was thinking about this. Maybe we should give them a mint. You know, or one of those, you know those chocolate, oh, chocolate-covered mint things that come in that little cellophane thing, you know, about that big around? And um, whatever. All we want to do is to make people feel welcome. They come in now. It's a great place to sit and visit. They have a cup of coffee. Because you know what I think, and others here think, that when people come into the house of God, they need to feel the welcoming presence of the Holy Spirit through a person. Not somebody who's eyeing up what they're wearing, Or maybe their hair looks like Einstein's, I don't know, whatever. Somebody who is just genuinely, passionately glad to see that person, whether they're a first-time attender or not. I met a guy this morning from my neck of the woods where I was raised. I thought, well, how cool is that? How cool is that? You're going to meet people. and So anyway, you're going to hear more about that because that's an area where maybe some of you are passionate about. God wants to use your talent. As I look across this room, there's a lot of talent in this room. There's a lot of giftings and a lot of abilities in this room. The question is, will you allow God to use the talents and gifts he's given you to make an impact? Will you be generous with your talent? Will you share your talent with the church? God has given all all these talents. But listen, our talents are not just for us. Our talent wasn't given to us just so we could make ourselves successful. They're there to be a blessing to others and to serve others. You were given your talent to make an impact for God. And that's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He said, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Maybe you've been struggling recently with your purpose in life. The direction where God wants you to go. This verse tells you what your purpose is when God created you. God made you to do good works. It says, so we could do the good things he planned for us long ago. We have this phrase that we've used in in past years, maybe not so much lately, but we've had this phrase, every member, a minister. Every member of the family of God has a ministry. Something they can do because God has given every one of us spiritual gifts for the very specific reason to make an impact right here 
and through our church family. In fact, next Sunday, you're going to hear about uh, a new um, class we're going to start. And um, it's, um, it's for anybody, but it's going to be for, it's going to be touching um, information for people who are exploring Christianity. And I know Alpha has a, a great thing too, but this is going to be um, for the person exploring, for the person who's a brand new believer, for the person who wants to grow in their faith. And um, you're going to hear more about that next week. And um, Brother David Pinar is going to help us with that. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to put this together. I know there's others of you who are working with people on, on uh, new believers. Things. Every one of us needs to be a disciple maker, right? Every one of us. Maker, helping someone else to be a follower of Jesus Christ so that they too can help somebody else to be a follower of Jesus Christ if we're ever going to fulfill the 10-1-10 vision that we shared with you some time ago. Use our talent in a God-honoring way. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It doesn't say God has made us what we are in Jesus Christ so I can make a lot of money for myself. God's not against you having money. hope that's liberating for some of you. He's not against you making money. But why are we making it? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We're blessed here, and we're only able to have an impact as a church because all of the people use their gifts and talents to serve him. Let me tell you what we're missing. If you haven't found a place to use your gifts, your talents, your energy then we're missing you. We're missing you. Now you say, well, I've tried. That that thick-headed pastor is just whatever. Okay, just forgive me. And let's get on with it. Let's just get on with it. Because there's so much to do. And I'll tell you, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. It may be in VBS. It may be in Sunday school. Maybe there's whole kinds of teams that you're going to be hearing about that God wants every one of us, every part of the body, every joint supplying to bring about the unity and the faith of the entire body. That we all might become what Jesus Christ wants us to be. Speaking of time that we were talking about earlier, it's really not a huge time commitment to be involved in really any of the ministry teams we have. Not a huge amount of time. and Because uh, sometimes our excuse is, well, I really don't have time. I don't have time. You can be on a team and maybe serve one hour a month in some area. doesn't take a lot of time. But you can have an impact. And so you're going to hear more about that. You know, whether it's the, the um, Sunday welcome team, whether it's the Sunday school team, whether it's the worship team, whether it's the church cleanup team to help keep the facilities clean, whether it's uh, um, maybe the worship, instead we should call it the worship arts team where we have vocalists, musicians, sound, media. Hey, we need cameras. We should put all you do, maybe stream it, maybe... I'm not a techie guy, but many of you are. and So we can develop that team. Listen, when we do that, when you give God your talent to use, 
There's such a great return. You can be in the prayer team. When you do this, not only are you blessed, but you're impacting eternity, and God will use us to change lives forever. Now, where, where can you get anything better than that? And not only are you blessed, are they blessed, but you're blessed. It's amazing. That's what you and I were created for, to make an impact with our generosity. And I use my time, my talent in a God-honoring way. But there's a third way. I give generously my treasure in a God-honoring way. I can generously use my treasure in a God-honoring way. Every good thing that we have in our life is a blessing from God. It comes from God, our talent, our time, and yes, even your treasure. It's a gift from God. Now remember what we said earlier, the principle of stewardship, every good thing in your life is a blessing from God. It's a gift from God, but it still belongs to God. He's entrusted us with it. It's not ours, it's his. And because it's his, he cares how we use it, how we steward it, how we invest it. That means how I spend, save, give, and invest my money is a spiritual matter. It matters to God. It has eternal implications that my wallet and my heart are connected. Did you know that? Now, I'm not the guy to tell you where to invest your excess millions. There's others that can do that. I'm not. I could tell you, well, just give it to the church, pay off the mortgage. But that's not maybe what God is saying to you, how you should Invest your excess, whatever. And the others, so that's not where I'm going here this morning. Others can do that, and there's people even here who can help you with that. But the question is, am I honoring God with my finances? Am I being generous with my treasure so that God can bless me, so God can use me to have an impact? Throughout the Bible, we find that the foundation for being generous with our treasure is called the tithe. Now, here's where everybody really, your muscles tense up. The tithe is returning the first 10% of what God helps you to earn. The 10% of what God has blessed you with, back to God. It's an act of worship. It's an act of thankfulness. It's an act of faith. It's a way that we show that God is really first place in our life. By the way, if you think about it, that's a pretty good deal. If God gives us 100% of every good thing that's in our life, 100% of our finances or our money that I have, that's a gift from God. God says, All I want is 10%. He could have said 90%. He didn't. He said just 10. Just the first 10% as a way of putting me first in your life. You see, he says that's a way to honor him. Now, Malachi 3, 8 to 10, God says, Should people cheat God? You've cheated me. Now, that's strong language. It's almost... As strong as one Sunday when I was doing a series on tithing, I started out this way. I said, there's thieves in this room. That's not a good way to start a sermon. And then I said, because you've robbed God, according to Scripture, right? So anyway, I wasn't going to say that, but it just... But he says, should people cheat God, yet you've cheated me? But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You cheated me of the tithes and offerings... Do me, so you're under a curse. Your whole nation's been cheating me. You're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. In other words, God says, I'm removing my blessing from your life 
because you're not honoring me in this area. You're not honoring me with the tithe. He says, bring all the tithes to the storehouse so there may be enough food in my temple. Now in the Old Testament, they had the temple. In the New Testament, we have the church. Yes, we do. If you do this, he says, the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Then he says, try it. Put me to the test. Now, generally speaking, it's not a good idea to test God. I wouldn't do it. But in this one instance, it's the only instance I can find in all of Scripture, this one area of giving and tithing where God says, look, if you don't believe me, if you don't trust me, then test me. Try me. Bring me the full tithe and see if I don't bless your life big time. Not just financial, but your spiritual life, your relational life, every area of your life. See if I don't bless your life. Now, please understand, God doesn't promise if you tithe, you're going to be rich. Now, you will be rich in some ways. He's not saying, okay, you give 10% today and he's going to give you whatever this next week. He might. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew twenty-three, twenty-three, And he says it, Matthew 23, 23, there we are. What sore awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb garden. Now remember now, Malachi was the Old Testament, now we're in the New Testament. For you're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now lots of people stop right there. See? And then Jesus says, You should tithe, no, no, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. So he says, you should tithe, yes, you should, but don't neglect the more important things. And he listed some of those just up higher. Don't neglect those things. Notice Jesus said, You should tithe, but don't leave the more important things undone either. In other words, according to Jesus, money is not the most important thing in life. It's not the most important thing in the world. It's not the most important thing in your spiritual life. You know what he's saying? He's saying, if I can't trust you with something as fundamental and basic and human as your money, how am I going to trust you with the greater spiritual blessings? If you can't trust me in this area of your life, how am I going to be able to bless you and give you more responsibility in these other areas? How can I trust you to leave whatever field you're in as a Christian or how to minister there if you don't trust me in this little area? How can I give you more influence if you don't trust me in this little area? Generosity with our treasure is foundational to our spiritual growth to your happiness, and to your life having maximum impact for God. What steps can we take to have impact for God in this area? How can I honor God with my treasure? For some of you, maybe this is new. And you're here, maybe it's the first time, maybe maybe you've never given to the local church before. If that's you, it might begin with you just saying, okay, God, I'm going to start by bringing something Back to you today. Today I'm going to give for the first time. Maybe your step is just to give something. 
doesn't matter, big or small. You're just going to break through the barrier and say, God, I'm going to give something to you today. And when you begin to do that, you're going to experience more and more and more of God's blessing in your spiritual life. You're going to begin to experience the hold that materialism might have on your life. Maybe it's led you into debt. The worry and stress that comes from finances. You're going to begin to feel those things melt away because you're trusting God in this area. Maybe that gift. And make it and say, God, this is the gift of thankfulness. It's a gift of faith. It's a gift of worship. You just take that first step and give God something. Maybe you're like some people here today. You give, but you really only give something every once in a while. In fact, can I be blunt, honest? I'm going to be anyway, but some of you give more to the waiter and the waitress than you give to God. Now, if I'm wrong, forgive me. But I do believe it to be true. Now, that's all of our responsibilities as to whatever God is saying to you. But if you've never been able to trust God in this area of your life, if that's you, I want to challenge you to test God today. God says, test me in this. Try me. Test him. Try it. You've got nothing to lose. Try it and see if he doesn't bless your life spiritually, financially, relationally. All your relationships. Make your next step today to be obedient and fully honor God with your finances by tithing. Listen. We want to help you do this. In your notes, there's this statement that has maximum impact. Every week during this series, we're giving you something as a maximum impact statement to help us. The first week it was, okay, we challenge you to read through the Bible in a year. Last week it was to challenge you this week to bring an excess coat that we can give to somebody less fortunate. This week's maximum impact is accept a four-month challenge. Try it for four months. To help you fully honor God with your finances. We're going to have a four-month challenge. For the next four months, test God. By bringing to him the first 10% of everything he gives you. He says, test me in this. Tithe, I'll bless you. Four months is a good amount of time. Four months tithing is really not going to really kill anybody, I don't think. But it's a long enough period of time for you to see how God can begin to work in your life. Try it. Maybe you've taken a tithe challenge in the past. Maybe you're already tithing. If so, it's great. Let it be a recommitment for you. You say, I already tithe. I'm going to continue to do it. Great. I'm going to recommit in this area. Take that step. By the way, let me encourage you. If you're going to do this, do it right away. Do it right away. If you're going to do it, do it before you leave this morning. There's all kinds of ways you can give. You know the most um, beneficial way to give at Northwest Family Church? You can give on Canada Helps, Northwest Family Church. You can give, if you talk to Gwen, she can set it up as as an e-transfer. But the most economical way where the church retains most of your gift is through that little machine out there called Interact, where you, um, you know, the direct thing from your account to the church. That's 
that out there costs us, what, four cents per transaction? Whereas Canada helps, uh, we lose um, 3.5% of whatever the gift is. That's the most economical way. That the most of what you're giving stays here at the church. Um, I mean, even when you give cash, we lose some because, you know, the bank charges us to deposit cash. That's so goofy, right? Anyway. What we haven't got set up yet, we're going to investigate, is the automatic um, giving donations through your account, our account. Um, because that too, I think, is another great way. Because whatever is important to us, we automate. You've probably automated your cell phone bill. You've automated your Netflix. I mean, you're not getting your cell phone turned off. You've got that automated probably. And if our relationship with God is that important, then what are we going to do about that? We have challenged people before here at Northwest Family Church, and the stories that come back are incredible. Now, I know that there's a group of people here that um, perhaps, no, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm assuming rightly or wrongly, that it's probably a group of people saying that, you know, this facility, it's massive, it's huge, it's wonderful. They must have untold resources to access to maintain this place. I want you to look around here this morning. Those are the limit of our untold resources right here. We get nothing from our district office, our national office, or any other organization. Other than we do get some from rentals, user building, that kind of thing. But friends, everything is here that we have here is maintained by those sitting here. And I want to say that from the standpoint of bless you. Thank you. You are incredible. And some of you are thinking and wondering, okay, maybe I do. My wife and I made a decision as a couple when we got married almost 45 years ago. It would be 45 years in August. And we made a decision that we were going to be tithers. It's become such an important part of our lives and our marriage. I, I hope you'll take that next step. And then you'll commit or recommit to taking the four-month tithe challenge. As, as Ron mentioned earlier, there's been times too in our life where I thought, where's it going to come from? But we had made a decision as a couple that we were going to tithe 10% of our income even if we didn't get an income that month. God has been faithful. It is incredible. So when we sing that song, uh, you are faithful. Man, I just come unglued. Anything to do with the faithfulness of God is such an encouragement to me because He is faithful. Have there has it been tough? Sometimes it's been deadly tough. This whole series we're in about an impact is really about this part right here. How one life surrendered to God can have an incredible impact on the world. Their life. I'm not, this is not just about money. Their life 
given to God can have an incredible impact on the world. God has given you everything you have. He's given you your time. He's given you your talent. He's given you your treasure. The question is, how are we going to use those? Are we going to be generous with them? I was thrilled this last week. I had, Marilyn's been away, so I, I booked meetings. This week I had meeting and meeting and meeting and meeting with some of you great, precious people. I couldn't fit them all in. But I'll tell you, I came away from every one of those meetings saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm overwhelmed. From some of the younger to some of the more mature, I keep saying, God, I don't deserve to pastor this kind of people. I I wasn't trying to. I just said, God, you are absolutely awesome. The kinds of people, and, and I don't even know everything about everybody, the kinds of people and the passions and desires. And I'm saying, oh God, help us to steward these people. Every one of you. And more to come. I had a blessed week. Earlier we looked at some famous people who made a tremendous impact with their generosity. You may never be famous, but you can still have tremendous impact with your life. I think we will discover why God did some things in the local church when we get to heaven and find out some of those great prayer warriors at home who maybe couldn't get out as much as we we can, but they were on their face and on their knees before God praying for the rest of us. They may never be famous, but they had an impact through you and I. There is not a ministry that is not important. There is not a person who is not important. Will you allow God to use your time, your talent, your treasure to have an impact on others and to have a blessing for them? Generosity really is the key to a blessed life. Never forget, you may make a living through what you get, but you make a life through what you give. Through what you give. Your time, your ability. Our memory verse for this week is the latter part of Acts chapter 20, verse 35. I encourage you to memorize scripture. You should remember the words of Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, I know that sometimes messages like this can be misinterpreted. But Lord, I make no excuses for your word. You've given every one of us time, 
And we need to ask the question of, are we making the best use of our time? You're not against having fun. You're not against us attending a hockey game or a football game or a sports event. But how are we making the best, are we making the best use of all of our time? Are we taking time to invest in our family? Our spouse? Our children? Those we go to school and college with, those we work with, our neighbors, our church family. What is it you're saying to us? Help us to ask you to listen to hear, and to obey. In areas of our time, our talent, our treasure, Lord, I, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, people in this room, we want to make an impact for you in 2018. And to do so, we're asking you to help us. And if you're here this morning and for some reason you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, you haven't surrendered your life recognizing that you need a Savior, you need someone to impart into you eternal life. The greatest servant and giver of all was Jesus Christ who willingly gave his life for each one of us. If you have not, recognize that you need a Savior. You're a sinner. The Bible says we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of God's grace. But Jesus went to the cross to restore a relationship we can have with our Heavenly Father. And so it's up to us to recognize that we can't get to the Father except through Jesus Christ. By admitting that we're sinners, asking forgiveness of our sin, inviting Christ to come into our life. And then in turn, asking for his help to obey him and live for him as he wants us to. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about a relationship he wants to start to have with you. Why don't you invite Christ into your life this morning if you haven't? Or maybe you've strayed from him and he's not first in your life. You're not giving him first place in your conversation, your relationship. You're not acknowledging him as you should. Why don't you begin there? And allow his Holy Spirit to direct the rest of your life so it can be the best of your life. If you haven't accepted Christ, if you have not or are not living for him, why don't you start there this morning and say that prayer in your own heart to him. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Wash away my sin. Put your Holy Spirit inside of me and empower me. Help me to live for you. Maybe others, you need to say, God, help me to trust you in the area of my time, my talent, and my treasure. Where I want to make an impact for you in every one of those areas. And I want to start today today. Maybe you want to fill out that connection card if there's one in the seat pocket in front of you and 
Hey, Pastor, here's some talents, abilities, and passions I have. I'd, I'd like to serve. Will you help me, Pastor, to get involved? Or I want to commit to being pre-service prayer. We're giving one night a week to be involved with brothers and sisters in Christ and pray together and study your word and see how we can make an impact together. Or I'm going to begin by returning to him, the Lord, that 10%. Or maybe you're new in this. You're going to say, I'm going to start. I want to pray with you and trust God with you. We want to work with you and see how together we can make the greatest impact possible in 2018 for Jesus Christ right out of this place into other areas where he directs us as a bona fide part of the body of Christ. So, Lord, I thank you for each person here. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're challenging every one of us. You're stretching us. Lord, more than anything, you want us to redeem the time. Help us. In Jesus' name. I want to declare to you as a body of believers, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Oh, may he be gracious to you. Lift up your countenance when it's not. May he lift up your countenance and fill you with his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You want prayer? You want to talk with someone? We'll be here, but we coffee in the foyer. Enjoy some fellowship and and uh, for some of those uh, young strapling guys, if you can uh, see um, Brady and you can put those eggs in that spare office down the hallway straight through. I'll give you some keys to get there and I'll give you the keys to my truck. You can back it up to the door to make it closer. I said back it up to the door, not through the door. Back it up to the door. And there's carts and everything available. But um, And then in about... 10 or 15 minutes, if you're interested in VBS or whatever, I really want to bounce some things off of you here at the front for just a few minutes. God bless you. Have an awesome week. And uh, we'll be sending out, uh, let us know if you need to be on our email list. We'll be sending out some prayer focuses for the week. Enjoy. Enjoy.